From Los Angeles, California, this is Burncast and I'm the bomb. Happy Tutu Tuesday and welcome to Burncast. In today's episode, we speak to Louise Johnson, who, along with her husband, Phil Stripling, runs the Civilized Explorer, a website for burners that provides information, annual guides, and perennial guides on Burning Man, as well as related articles, links, and more. Today, we're going to be talking about the section on the site called Reno Resources, which is a compendium of anything a burner could want or need while passing through Reno on the way to Burning Man. But first, the Burncast Community Bulletin Board. First up, I want to let you all know that at this point, (laughs) I can't possibly respond to all the emails, tribe messages, e-ply messages, and blog comments I've received in response to the article about Burning Man in this month's magazine, Business 2.0. What I suggest is is that you call the Burncast hotline at 206-350-1416 and express yourself here. You know, it's funny. I'm overwhelmed with the number of responses I've received personally, but underwhelmed at the number of people who've used Burncast to speak their mind. Remember, Burncast is about radical self-expression and is an offshoot of the Black Rock City Community Collective founded in 2005. It is a real grassroots movement comprised of fellow burners and community organizers. To learn more about the collective, go to www.blackrockcitycommunity.info. Okay. Now, the following two items on the Burncast Community Bulletin Board is Chai Guy's Chai Raid and another rant from Maldoror. We begin with Chai Guy's take on the green theme. Let's listen. Hey there, burners. Chai Guy here, ready to give you the rant or Chai Raid on the green theme for Burning Man 2007. The first thing I'd like to say is it's all bullshit. Burning Man is a hedonistic orgy of consumption, from alcohol to sex to drugs, but most importantly, fossil fuels. People arrive in RVs and SUVs by the thousands and hundreds and hundreds of miles away. The city is powered by gas generators, many of which seem to be running 24-7, all for the edification of 200 DJs and their dozen or so adoring fans. Burning Man has never been a Leave No Trace event. It's a Leave No Trace There event. Check the dumpster of any fast food restaurant between Gerlach and San Francisco and you'll see it overflowing with dust-covered plastic bags filled with a week's worth of spent clown gas cartridges, used condoms, empty tequila bottles, and red plastic party cups. I could not imagine a less environmentally friendly event if my life depended upon it. So what is Burning Man doing to become more green? Let me tell you. They encourage you to buy carbon offset credits. What are offset credits? They're a means to buy your way out of hippie guilt. For just $7 per burner, you can watch the man go up in flames, festooning all his neon and pyrotechnic glory as you dance naked around him, high on ecstasy and shrooms, without harshing your mellow, because you know that you've helped build a wind farm in Iowa. Number two, recycling wood for Habitat for Humanity. Number three, Burning Man has a rideshare board. Number four, more places to buy ice in the playa. I'm not kidding, they really listed this as a way that Burning Man's helping the environment on their blog. I am not making this shit up. Number five, reminding you burners to bring your own cup and pick up your moop. Number six, they're now buying biodiesel to run all of their generators. In other words, they're not promising anything. No quantifiable results to track, no actual goals set in place, just more hippie bullshit. 
This is weak. San Francisco is currently diverting 63% of its waste stream and plans to be diverting 75% by 2010. Burning Man is nowhere near that. Just take a look at the community trash incinerators, oh I mean burn pyres on Sunday. And surprise, Burning Man is not open to suggestions about making the event more environmentally sound. When I suggested that perhaps they do away with the 40,000 PVC stickers and moot pack that they pass out at this greeter station every year, I was told, but people like stickers. Yes, people like stickers. And they like cheeseburgers too. Can I have a cheeseburger? Oh, and because I'm part of the duocracy and shit, here are my 10 things that Burning Man could do to save the world. Number one, give free vasectomies to every male participant. Number two, take away the senior staff's golf carts. Number three, make the DPW parade a pedestrian event. Number four, change the slogan from gift economy to gift me cheap plastic crap and I'll kick you in the balls. Number five, change the venue from Black Rock Desert to Treasure Island since most of the fucking hippies already live in San Francisco. Number six, shut down the Center Camp Cafe. Number seven, outlaw generators and just run an extension cord from Bruno's with lots of power strips. Number eight, have the engineers from Google create a 3D virtual man and burn that at the end of the week. Number nine, curbside recycling for fuck's sake. Number ten, stop the event. This has been my rant. The views expressed here are not necessarily that of Burncast. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thanks, Chai Guy. And now here's a rant from longtime Piss Clear columnist Maldoror. Good afternoon and hello again to the Black Rock City community. Today I'd like to talk about appearances. In the past few years there's been an annoying trend of conformity amongst the Burning Man community. The last couple issues of the Jackrabbit Speaks actually had lists of places to go and shop for your quote-unquote burner costumes. Here's a novel idea. Don't go to any of those fucking places. Why would you want to look like every other dick out there wearing a fun fur vest, a silver lame cowboy hat, and some off-the-rack goggles? This is not a costume. This is not participating. Dressing the way you've seen another person dress on the playa is not a fucking unique artistic expression. It's conformity. Why don't you just wear a nice blue button-up dress shirt and some khakis like you do every other frickin' day of the year, genius? Seriously, I've got a costuming suggestion for you. This year, when you're putting together your outfits for the week, if you have an item that you've ever seen anybody else wearing on the playa, leave it behind. Try putting some imagination into it, or, and here's a radical notion, just don't bother. Then you'll look like all the welders and engineers who are too tired after working all day building gigantic art projects to bother throwing on a utila kilt and a spangly top. Heck, try dressing down rather than dressing identically, and you might even get laid by somebody who mistakes you for, you know, an actual artist. I guess I'm talking mostly to the unimaginative guys out there who just wear what they see other dudes wearing. I think women tend to be a lot better at it. You could give six women the same six playa outfits, and they'd mutate them into six different costumes that actually reflect their personalities. Guys, on the other hand, suck at fashion and just go, Okay, I'm wearing a fur vest. I'm in costume. I don't really have a problem with the vendors, either. There are lots of cool artists and designers creating unique styles for people to wear out there in the desert. Unique styles. I mean, you should all totally go check out the Glamour Bomb site. The stuff that site sells is all wonderfully unique and totally cool. It'll make you look like a contributing member of the community instead of some tool bag wearing his girlfriend's slip. But for God's sake, try doing something original. I recently came across a picture in my files of the man burning in about 1994. He's all on fire, and you can see a bunch of people standing around him, all 2,000 of us that showed up that year. What's striking about it now is how normal everybody looks. There are no frickin' part-timers out to enjoy the fireworks show in their dumbass fake candy raver gear. 
Now, I'm not encouraging you to not wear a costume. The first year I made my own costume, I realized it made me feel like I was participating the entire time I was wearing it. And some people stopped me and asked me to be in their fashion show, so that was kind of cool. But costumes are an awesome way to add color and vibrancy to the community by putting your own unique stamp on your appearance. But if you're just dressing in cookie-cutter Burning Man gear you bought off the rack someplace, or if you're just repeating the same mass-produced generic looks and styles you've seen a million times, just do us all a favor and stay home. But, you know, lest I seem too hostile, at least with your Utilla-Kilt and Cowboy Hat Ensemble, you're doing miles better than the shirt cockers. This has been your 5 Minutes with Maldoror. Thanks for listening, and now back to the bomb. Thanks, Maldoror. Next up on the Burncast Community Bulletin Board is an announcement about the upcoming fundraiser for Fandango Camp. It's the apocalypse, Fandango's fundraiser. Is the Green Man Environmental Trade Show one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse? We at Fandango think it might well be. So in typical Fandango fashion, we're toasting the end of the world by throwing a party. Fandango will be celebrating our last days on Earth, so please come join us. All monies raised will be put towards our losing battle to vanquish the walking dead. We'll be counting down to the end on Saturday, July 14th in San Francisco at kink.com's Porn Palace, located at 415 Jesse Street. We're starting at standard party time and asking for a $10 to $20 suggested donation at the door. You must be 21 to enter, so please remember to bring your ID. Thanks, Liz. Now, if you want to participate on the Burncast Community Bulletin Board, like I said, all you've got to do is call the Burncast hotline at 206-350-1416 or click on the My Chingo audio recorder at our website, burncast.net. That's a wrap for the Burncast Community Bulletin Board. I'd like to remind you that Burncast is an independent podcast and we are not subsidized or supported by the Burning Man organization. In fact, we're not even promoted by them in any way through their blogs or website. Burncast may be the neglected stepchild of the Burning Man family, but at least it's a part of the Burning Man family and that's what's important. This is a podcast generated by Burners for Burners, and so we rely on the support of our listeners to help with our productions. There's at least a dozen ways you can, and to learn more, just click on the support tab at our website, burncast.net. Okay, let's move on with today's episode. The Civilized Explorer is a website created by Burners for Burners. The site's Reno pages are geared toward providing information on Reno to people on their way to or from Burning Man, but almost everyone with an interest in Reno will find something useful in these comprehensive pages. The site features information on where to stock up on supplies before the burn, including clothes, groceries, ice, and more, where to shop in Reno 24-7, and also features a guide to cheap lodging, convenient lodging, and accommodations that include jacuzzis, kitchenettes and laundromats. There's a lot more information and I highly recommend you check out this website before you leave for Burning Man. It's something I print out every year on my way to Black Rock City and something I also jokingly refer to as Let's Go Reno. What you're about to hear is an interview with Louise Johnson who along with her husband maintains and updates the website. For more information just click on our show notes at burncast.net. My name is Louise Johnson. 
I run a website. It's called Civilized Explorer, and we have several pages about Reno designed to help people going to Burning Man to know where to buy what they need in Reno, where to eat, where to stay, and, and things that they can do that are helpful in preparing for Burning Man. And I've been going to Burning Man since 1996. Oh, wow. Yeah. Have you been going every year since? Went every year since. We actually, my husband and I now are, are lifetime members. Uh, after the 1997 event, they were looking for cash, and they opened up the opportunity for people to give them a bunch of money up front to become lifetime members. So um, we've been lifetime members ever since. A friend of mine has that as well. The story he told me was real interesting. Do you mind sharing how you got that opportunity to get a lifetime ticket? To Burning Man? Yeah, the, um, as I recall, that year, the event was on private land, and there were a lot of differences in just the logistics because it was on private land. And what we had heard was that the police at the gate had actually collected cash to ensure that the organization would pay everything they needed to pay, which, of course, depleted the organization from having any money to just continue operating after the event to start preparing for the next year. So even though I don't have a real strong financial background, I know cash right now can sometimes be worth a lot more cash six months from now. So I understood the value of giving them cash then. And at that time, the amount would have covered, I think, more than 10 years of Burning Man. So I really wasn't sure. It was my second year, 10 years. I don't know if I'm going to be using it. But we decided we enjoyed the event so much that we were willing to contribute to that. We just wrote a check after the event to the organization and got our little lifetime membership card. <laughs> That's cool. Do you remember how much you paid for your ticket back then? I remember it was $35 in 1996. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Do you have a feeling for how many people were there at the time? It was, I think it was 6000 It might have been 12000 in that range. The first few years we went, it was doubling every year in attendance. And what does it feel like now today, having grown so much? What's your take on that? Well, it's, I mean, the bigness, the size of it is more than just the number of people. You know, the art is bigger, the camps are bigger. And so to a certain degree, it feels like individuals can't have as much impact as they could back then just because there's so much other stuff competing for attention. Mm-hmm. But the way we go to Burning Man, but, you know, we're focused mostly on talking to people and interacting with them. And so that's still very personal and very small. And even though you may be surrounded by a lot more people, that central experience for me is is still the same. What inspires you about Burning Man? What keeps you going back besides that you have a lifetime ticket? What keeps you going back year (laughs) in year? (laughs) It's absolutely the people. Um, My husband and I joke, I mean, we don't really do art and when people who have never been to Burning Man ask us what we do, just to be to br- be brief sometimes, we'll say, well, we just walk around and talk to people. But it's the ability to talk to anyone that you run into and, and know that pretty much they'll be open for that, mm-hmm. that they're the self-selecting group, and that you can talk to people without any of the, the labels and the material perspective that you have in everyday life. So all of a sudden, what they wear, how much money they have, what they do for a living, or if they don't do anything for a living, all of that is gone from the interaction. And you can just talk as human beings. So 
to me, that's the big draw. The second big draw is the art itself. Pretty much every year, there's one piece that just blows me away. That to see the thing itself and then to see it in that context and have some understanding of what it took to get there is just so amazing to me that it reminds me of all of the possibilities in life that really bizarre, wonderful, beautiful things can happen even though you don't see them every day or even though you don't think they can happen. So it's a wonderful reminder to me of just whimsy and creativity and and beauty um, that I tend to forget about in everyday life. Has Burning Man changed your life? And if so, how? Yeah, it's changed my openness to other people. I'm on the introvert side, so it takes a lot of energy for me to start interactions with other people. So having had those good experiences where people just come up and start talking to you or experiences where I can go up to someone else and start asking them about their art and have a really long conversation and have it be a meaningful conversation, not just a discussion about how Muni's late today, that pervades my view of the world all the time. And so in that sense, I think I'm a better person and I can enjoy life more, or at least get more from other people um, when I'm not a Burning Man, too. Where do you live, by the way? I'm just curious. Oh, San Mateo. Oh, San Mateo. So you mm-hmm. do have to drive to get to Black Rock City. Right. And we split it into two portions just because it's easier. So we drive up to Reno on the way. We typically stay in the Travel Lodge because it's a cheap motel. And so on the way to camping, why stay in a nice motel? <laughs> and then that, that lets us get out to the playa early in the morning and set up camp when it's not really hot and when we're not tired. So going out, we like it that way. And then coming back, we just like to relax and clean up someplace other than our house. (laughs) That's a good strategy. I like that. Yeah, it's really worked out well for us. Okay, so this brings us to what you do and your website, The Civilized Explorer, specifically the Reno pages. And these pages are geared toward providing information on Reno to people on their way to or from Burning Man. Can you, let's talk a little bit about this and what compelled you to compile this website? Well, early on, the Burning Man website wasn't nearly as comprehensive as it is now. And one of the things I noticed in conversations with people at Burning Man and then after Burning Man was people would say, oh, there's a great place that has low gas prices. It's on that second exit, or is it the third one? Well, it's close to the really tall. And that was not useful information. (laughs) (laughs) And because we were hanging out in Reno for a day or two after Burning Man, and we don't gamble, so we're not in the casinos having fun with the slot machines or anything, And because I love exploring new cities and new places, I started putting together a list of information that we would want for next year because we're always staying overnight in Reno and we always forget something. So it's nice to know exactly where to go to get what you want. And so I started putting it together then and I've um, expanded and contracted portions over the years to try to make it useful to especially people who are flying into Reno and then have to buy a lot of their gear because they can't drive all the way to Burning Man. Oh, okay. Describe the different sections for people. Well, the one I spend the most time on is supplies, and that covers 
the things that burners specifically may want to get, water, propane. Car washes, laundromats. Yeah, definitely car washes. And so I start off with that page just by those specific types of items. And then over the years, I've added in, I mean, donut shops are always a big deal. So I've added in donut shops. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was it was on another email list I was on. It was this huge discussion about the best donut place in Reno. And, and <laughs> <laughs> so I got a lot of information off that email list and then went and checked it out. And there are more donut shops in Reno than in San Mateo. So I'm always happy to see that. <laughs> what is the best donut shop in Reno? Personally, I just buy Krispy Kremes in the casino. <laughs> <laughs> But other people, I mean, I think it's, I think it's Royal Donut. I, I'm forgetting now. And there's one of those that's open 24 hours, which is really nice. And, and uh, so that, those are sort of the old school Reno. And then Krispy Kreme seems to be for newer school people. Do you know what the best pizza is in Reno? No. And, um, you know, there's Black Rock Pizza up in Sparks that I've heard lots of good things about. We haven't gotten up there yet just because it's um, not in the downtown area and we're always staying in the casino. But I've read about a couple of new pizza shops that have opened up in the last couple of months, so we may try those out. The reason I ask is because one of my rituals is to get a pizza in Reno. Ah. And, yeah, and I, I take it and wrap it, each piece, into foil, and then I stick it in the cooler. And that's a way to have um, pizza during the week without having to deal with cooking or anything like that. So yeah, just, that's yeah. a good idea. All right, so the Reno Supplies shopping page, it has specific stores of Burning Man interest, including Home Depot, Kmart, Trader Joe's, Twin City Surplus, Melting Pot, Sierra Trading Post, REI, Harbor Freight Tools, places to get water, dry ice, propane, locksmiths, which is great, photography. It goes on and on and on. I think the most amazing thing for me and what I find most helpful is shopping by freeway exit and shopping by casinos. Your work is so comprehensive. I'm wondering how much time do you spend in Reno? Do you just comb through the streets, each store visiting them? I mean, it's pretty amazing. Well, we, it's never been that systematic. You know, one of our rituals after the event, we always go to Twin City Surplus. We always go to Sierra Trading Post. And uh, we always go to a couple of thrift stores. Those are spread out. I mean, Twin City Surplus is in the northern part of Reno, almost in the Sparks, really. Sierra Trading Post is the southern part of Reno. And then we're driving around, going around places. So a lot of the stuff we pass as we're driving around, going to the places that we always like to go to. So are you out with a little notebook? You know, making oh, it- you, oh, absolutely. And I've got the Reno phone book at home. <laughs> And then so on a typical day, we'll have a couple places we want to go. And then I will have selected a couple places that we haven't checked out before that are either new or of particular interest. And then we'll go check them out. And then whatever I see along the way, I take notes on. Now, I'm kind of curious because I'm usually really emotionally, physically, spiritually exhausted after Burning Man. And it sounds like you're still going when you get back and that you're spending time in Reno, you know, researching all this. What's that like to to come back from the Black Rock Desert and then to be into the city of Reno? What's that mm-hmm. like, the transition? Well, there's always that amazing transition from Burning Man into a city. And, of course, Reno isn't a normal city. And so that first transition is the burners and the people in the casino looking at each other saying, Boy, you look weird. <laughs> <laughs> 
and uh, you know, seeing the little dusty footprints in the carpet and all that stuff. So the full night we get back, we generally have room service and we jump in the jacuzzi and we're, you know, physically tired and we're resting from that. Then for whatever reason that, you know, the next morning I'm ready to get up, go dump our trash at the transfer station. And uh, in my mind, for me, it's sort of an extension of all those discussions with people out on the playa. The energy level is sort of the same for me. So that's not a difficult transition. Okay, cool. Let's get to another page you have. It's called the 24-7 Reno page, and it's where to shop in Reno 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Have you required that? I mean, it sounds like you're so well-planned. You don't need to be somewhere at 2 or 3 in the morning. Is this? Yeah, it's been a long time since we've been that late. The casinos, obviously, are open all the time, but it's hard to find information about other places that are open throughout the night. And I know a lot of people leave the Bay Area basically at the end of the workday and drive nonstop to get to the playa. So my thinking was... If they've forgotten something or just want to take a break in Reno, their options really are pretty limited without information up front ahead of time. And it's probably just limited to the truck stops along Route 80. So that was my thinking for the businesses that are open all night. Well, it's been helpful for me because I have gone with people. And, of course, best laid plans of mice and men, we do end up being way later than we'd planned and so I actually download your entire website and print it up it's my let's go Reno book and it's very helpful and oh that's so, great so I've uh, turned to it at two in the morning going what's open right now yeah and I, I that's the way I hope people use it what about the uh, supply shopping page other than Reno I also find that very helpful can you comment on that one yeah and that one um, was also pretty much linked to our needs and experiences. You know, we're, we're driving up Route 80 through Sacramento and all those places like everybody from the Bay Area. And part of my thinking was, especially if you have gotten a late start, you might be able to stop in Roseville along the way before something there closes. Oh. Or it may just be where you stop to get something to eat. So again, I was just focusing on information so that if you're already stopping, you know what other things are available to you there. Okay. The Reno Stayover page, I find that also very helpful. Can you talk a little bit about that one? Yeah, it's, you know, when I first started that, I didn't have any casinos on it at all because, I mean, I don't need to advertise them. But as time has gone on, you know, every year it seems like there's one casino that's offering a special for burners. And then when we started always getting the jacuzzi suite after the event, pretty much, um, or the majority of those are in casinos, so I added those in. But that was just a started for us of places we've stayed and liked and didn't like. And then we started looking for jacuzzi suites, so I added those in. And then I realized, again, for people who fly in, they sometimes need a place to stay where they're meeting up with other friends and may spend the night somewhere in Reno. And so that seemed like a nice way to give them information about that easy one-place summarizing motels, casinos, RV parks, other places in Reno that you could stay. I'm curious, why do you look for a room with a jacuzzi? (laughs) Because we were always sore and dry after the event. (laughs) And so um, for us, it's just a wonderful ritual to 
get into the room. I mean, we always take a shower first because we're filthy and then jump in the jacuzzi. And that's just a wonderful way to start recovering from the physical effects of the event. Tell me the story about having taken your first shower after Burning Man. <laughs> yeah, our first year, we just we stayed in another one of the cheap motels in Reno. And we got in about dinner time, so we just ran into the room, took showers, and then walked down the street to some casino buffet for dinner. And pretty much crashed that night. And the next morning we got up and the shower wouldn't drain anymore. So we'd clog it with all the dirt, probably from my hair. Um, but we, <laughs> yeah. So we clogged the drain and, and realized, oh, we'd better check out of here pretty quick. <laughs> but I have never been that dirty before or since <laughs> again. That's funny. All right, so um, let's uh, just let our listeners know a couple other pages. You have Reno Rentals. Mm-hmm. And that's one I've played around with a little bit over the years. There's there's a pretty large construction industry in Reno, and I, lot, I know a lot of the people who are doing really big art on the playa already have all of their gear and equipment lined up. But there's a lot of equipment rental places. When I first started the page, there were more RV rental places who would rent to burners. Now that's somewhat restricted because companies have decided to not rent to burners. But just straight car rental, van rental for people who are flying in again. Area yeah. lifts, water tanks, generators. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but you do have a page, Reno RV, where to rent them, where to park them. Um, and there's a hint. What is that hint? Yeah, uh, several of the casinos have huge parking lots, and they have sectioned off specific sections of their parking lot for RVers. So they, they view RVers as an important part of their customer database. So they are set up to handle people who are staying in their RVs and want to refuel and dump their whatever and and eat in the casino. And gamble. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) You also have a page, and I love this, Reno Radio Stations. Mm Mm-hmm. And you have a page on auto repairs in Reno, which I've actually needed because I used to have a VW bus. Yeah, we, you know, and we spent a 4th of July weekend in Reno getting our air conditioner fixed. So we have some real hand experience. (laughs) And then you also have a page of disposing of your trash. Yeah, the, um, I mean, it's, in the basic form, it's the same information that the Burning Man organization provides. There aren't that many dumps and transfer stations in the area, but we went to the transfer station in Reno and the place is amazing. And we started taking pictures and then they started asking us who we were. So, but they ended up giving us a whole tour of the facility. No kidding. And the thing I like about it is, you know, they've got this big trench where you're dumping all the trash and they've got misters over that to keep the dust down. But they have these high windows and so you get the sun coming in through the mist as it's going down over the trash. And after Burning Man, you know, I'm seeing everything as art. So this is looking really cool to me. <laughs> <laughs> they did not understand this. <laughs> oh, funny. So, but, but they gave us a, a tour and we saw their offices. And I, for, you know, my husband grew up in rural Texas, so this all made sense to him. But I've always been, at, in least, at least in suburbia. So they get a lot of ammunition in the garbage in the <gasps> Oh, not wow. Not from burners. Yeah. So they were showing us the little cases of, and some of them are hand-filled lead bullets and others are commercial ammunition. And this is in their trash. And one of the safety hazards that they have 
all year round. So that was amazing to me. Yeah. And then, of course, they always enjoy the Burning Man trash because it's different than they normally see. Oh, really? (laughs) But I don't think it's any more hazardous than what they normally see. Before we we move on, I just want to know, do you have any hot tips from your gleaning of your information from Reno? Like anything that's burner relevant or just, you know, you should recommend? The one area that we spent some time in last year, and I want to spend time at again this year, is East 4th Street. There's a lot of thrift stores there. That's where Twin City Surplus is. There's a lot of monthly rental motels. So it's, you know, sort of skid row there, but it's probably going to be gentrified in the next few years. So I love, and there's a Western tax shop there that's been in Reno for decades. So I love that area because I love the mix of businesses. The thrift shops are all sort of weird. The, the people on the street are, you know, one of those interesting mixes. And so especially right after Burning Man, that all still works for me. And that, but that's a part of Reno most people go to, don't go to. And I know the city is looking for ways to start sprucing up that section. So I don't think it's going to be that way for much longer either. Let's wrap this up. Is there any advice you have to give to virgin burners, first-year burners? First year, you know, I remember our first year driving onto the playa. We didn't have any friends there. And I can re- remember thinking, what the hell are we getting ourselves into? And I think that's still true for everybody on their first year. And the only advice I have is just go with that, relax, and you will you will find what you're looking for at Burning Man, and it will be a spectacular experience. Okay, and any advice for long-term burners, veteran burners? The advice I have is to focus on being there to enjoy yourself and try to not focus on trying to volunteer all your time away or to structure and schedule your experience and still find a way to find new things there and new people there and that that little spark of still being a first-time burner. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about that I haven't asked you or known to ask you? Just, you know, visit the webpage. Give me feedback. I'm always updating it and I get feedback from people sometimes but not as much as I'd like to get and I encourage everyone who thinks they'd like to go to Burning Man to get on out there and see what it is. Okay and how can people find you on the website? Our main entry page is www.cieux.com slash bm slash html. And if that was too much information, it'll be on our show notes at burncast.net. Great. Well, I thank you so much for this resource. It's been an amazing resource for me for many years now. It's saved my butt a couple times late at night or when my car broke down. So thank you very much for all that you do to make it happen. Oh, it's my pleasure. That was Louise Johnson talking about her website, The Civilized Explorer. For more information, click on our show notes at burncast.net. Coming up is a song by a band called Roy, entitled Reno, I'm Coming Home, which can be found on the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com.
I'll be back soon Left Salt Lake at midnight Home by noon Pass out on the bench seat And sleep for half the drive Pray we get home safe and Asks, is it worth it? You're broken in debt Mother asks, are you homesick? Lonesome and blue Your twenties will soon be over And you haven't paid your dues Your classmates all Got some years on you. Long hard days with shitty pay ain't enough to get you through. Father, please be proud of what I do. Visit us on the web at burncast.net and stick a pin in our Frapper map. 
or read the Burncast blog on MySpace. To contact us, call the Burncast hotline at 206-350-1416 or click on the My Chingo audio recorder at our website. A very special thanks to Lecter of NoSpectators.com for hosting these podcasts.